0: Welcome to the Happiness Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goody. Stay with me for expansion, activation, and awareness on your spiritual journey through life and business. Today, I am joined by Sarah Ross, international award-winning speaker and best-selling author. Sarah uses her own experiences with burnout and depression to help others avoid the dark place that she found herself in when she left the corporate world. She found it your reason to breathe as a way to show those burning out at work that there are steps that can help turn the dark and depressing into an empowering and fulfilling life. Just so much the things that I love. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, i, I love that. I love this topic so much, and I love that you have created um, all of this content, this book, and this speaking out of your own experiences, which I find is always where the best information comes from. Um, so, Sarah, I'd love to hear more about what inspired you to create your message around your reason to breathe. So, I think you know you go
1: through these personal journeys. Mine was you know depression, burnout after I, you know, I left the corporate world because I was completely burnt out, and the journey over the next six to nine months, which is where your reason to read happened, the idea didn't come until much later, was a very personal journey, and one that I wasn't ever really planning to tell anybody, <laughs> um, and kind of, well... Kind of the crux of it was I decided on my 37th birthday that there was no reason for me to see my 38th Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and was, you know, convinced that there was nothing left for me to give. There was nothing worthy in my life. And I had a plan and it was, you know, I had gone to Vietnam to volunteer and found a place where at least I could hug children and, you know, give them some fun and joy and, basically planned that I would go and do that for a few months and then end my life. Mm-hmm. And that I never told anybody. I never, you know, I never led on to anybody. I didn't speak to anybody, but I had my plan and I knew how it was all going to plan out. So I find myself on Christmas Day, um, 2014, dressed as Santa Claus, giving sweets and chocolate to the orphanage, to, you know disabled children uh, in Vietnam and at the end of the day we were told that one of the little girls was really sick and that she wasn't going to make it through the night and we should say our goodbyes and as I leant over that crib this little girl she's tiny like she's maybe five years old she doesn't even fill the crib because she's mm-hmm. so small and she <laughs> she kind of reached up and put her fingers in my beard Like, I had the full white beard Mm -hmm. experience going on. Um, And that was the moment that was kind of this switch in my head that this little girl who had absolutely nothing, she's been abandoned by her parents, she's sick, she's literally in the last few hours of her life is still fighting for Mm -hmm. every single breath. Yeah. And I'm stood there with all the opportunities that a Western world, Western education offered me planning to give up, and that was literally the moment that I found my reason to breathe. And it was the reason that I took a deep breath, and looking back on it now, that was the first time I had taken a deep breath in maybe months, a year, and actually just say, it's okay if all I do is breathe for a minute. and. Sort of six months after that, now bearing in mind I hadn't been planning to be around six months after that, that Christmas, I actually found myself in an acting class and we were asked to talk about um, what was our reason for being, you know, on the journey we were on. Right, And I didn't plan to tell that story. I planned to tell <laughs> a story about, you know, how I'd found some friends and I was really happy. Something and light. <laughs> something light, like, something, you know, because I still hadn't told this story, like my story, to anybody. Wow. And that story came out. And that was kind of the sec- almost the second switch. It was once I told my story, mm-hmm. some other people in the room opened up to what they were going through. Right, yeah. And that was then the kind of the start of the journey as to how can I use my journey to make sure that nobody else ever finds themselves in the place where they thought they would make the decision I was planning to make.
0: Absolutely. What what I really love about your story too is how how it was just uh, so casual, like, okay, this will be my decision to end my life and I'm going to go about it and nobody's going to notice because I'm still going about my life here. So it's, it's, it's so interesting how so many people can put up such a such a face to the world, and then inside, just be feeling these things. So, just um, amazing courage to you for for sharing this story. It's wonderful, wonderful. It's not wonderful you went through it, but it's wonderful that you you are gifted the courage uh, to express it out to the world. I find and I think very powerful. Part of
1: yeah, part of it is also just you know when I, you know, I find my reason to breathe. I'm taking a deep breath, but. I don't know what to do next because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a very logical thinking person and I had a plan. And here I was saying, actually, there's another plan. Well, Hmm. I didn't really have room in my brain for another plan. (laughs) Um, I had a pretty good plan and I wasn't entirely sure why I wasn't thinking about that plan anymore. But I knew something had changed. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's strange where those things come from. It was completely unexpected, but it's taken me on quite a journey since
0: absolutely and i can, i and i see that and i you see different facebook posts and uh, different posts like that and sometimes they'll catch your eye and there's there's one that tends to catch my eye a lot and it's something along the lines of you know you woke up this morning because you're still meant to be here, what are, you know, yeah. what are you meant to be doing today, it's, it's, that's really what, um, what a lot of your story is reminding me me of, but it's, um, it was the intense wake-up call that you had that really yeah. shifted things for you, I think that if the wake-up call would have been a little lighter, you might not have heard it quite as, quite as much. <laughs> exactly, it was, yeah. you know,
1: it was a fairly extreme situation, mm-hmm. but looking back on it now, it kind of you know the elements of what actually happened somebody made me stop and think Um, somebody changed my you know gave me that that real almost extreme view of Mm -hmm. what was actually the opposite of what I had yes Um, and then asking for
0: help yeah wow So, okay, so this burnout, this depression, all of these um, really dark, heavy topics here. Why do you think right now is an important time that we're looking at these? So I'm based in the UK, and we're Mm -hmm. obviously going through Brexit. Um, Mm -hmm. And so
1: we have, you know, we do not know where that is going to end up um, and what that means for our country. Um, And I think, you know, politically, financially, people are, people are stressed. Um, people do not know what is going to happen next month or if we're heading towards tougher times or different mm-hmm. rules and regulations. And I think that means makes it very difficult for people to look for change yeah, because they don't want to look for a new job, uh, even if the job is making them sick. Um, they want the security, financial security, of having something in place, even if it's not the best thing for them.
0: It sounds like everybody's kind of, well, not everybody, but the majority of people are kind of in this uh, survival mode as opposed to, you know, another option that's out there is, is thriving. So I'd I like to hear that, um, that, that view that you have of it, of how people are kind of like, it's almost like they're in this hazy fog of like, okay, well, what do we need to do to survive? What do we need to do to survive? But you're suggesting that now's the exact time to break out of that.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, most people will go back to how they look financially. Um, and I think, you know, whether you're in an office job or whether you're thinking about starting your own business, um, we put an awful lot of priority on work mm-hmm. and let the rest of life kind of come alongside it and maybe supplement it. But everything goes back to, is my work balanced? Is my... Am I being paid? Am I, you know, is there income coming in? And there is a piece that says you actually need to prioritize happy um, Mm -hmm. and prioritize smiling and actually feeling good, whether that's at work or whether that's just like in your private life. And that, for me, was one of the biggest changes when I actually kind of started on my new journey Mm -hmm. after after that day in Vietnam was I suddenly realized that I had stopped doing things that I loved. Like, yes. I hadn't picked a book up in months, and I was an avid reader as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had a, I had an SLR camera with me and all the lenses in Vietnam, but I had never taken it out of its case. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's depression.
0: Like, that is sad. <laughs> yeah, because you, you yeah.
1: literally, you just dwell in it, and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dark thoughts take over, and to break that, you just can't do it on your own. But to be honest, just by doing one little thing a day, you know, picking up a book and reading a page gives you one minute, two minutes where your brain is not dark and depressed.
0: Exactly. It's breaking out of that fog, isn't it? It's just having yeah. something that disrupts the, the flow of the constant fog in your mind just to, to bring you back.
1: And part of that is, you know, we're all very good at scheduling work or scheduling oh. clients. And we forget to schedule us. Mm -hmm. You know, I noticed, like, even before I left the corporate world, I would meet friends for dinner and realize I hadn't seen them for a year. Yeah. I was was traveling or I would put them off because I had a work project to do. Um, I had a more intense relationship with my work laptop than I did with my partner and Mm -hmm. with my friends in my life. And all of that would have changed if I had just actually put some time on the calendar that was for me. Yes. And that it became a no, like you will like, always, most people will change their schedule for work mm-hmm. and they will turn down an invite to dinner or say, I can't make it for your social things. And actually it's kind of making it a no, no brainer that says, you know what, that time is on the calendar for me and my family uh, or me and my friends. And that it is non-negotiable.
0: I agree. Yeah. That's It's so important, and I know um, I resonate with that, too, because I have kind of uh, gone back and forth with burnout and uh, different businesses that I've had where kind of in that mode of, of hustle, 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 and uh, I, I learned it enough times that finally it really seeped into my brain that there needs to be spots on the calendar for family, for friends, for myself, and it needs to be consistent, and it needs to be probably more frequent um, than I think it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay, so we're, we're starting to get into um, some some suggestions right now, but what advice would you give to listeners who are kind of struggling um, with this burnout and depression right now? I think the biggest
1: thing for me was to actually talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on various different levels. I was so caught up in what I was planning to do and how that was going to happen and when it was going to happen. You know, I had a date picked out. Um mm-hmm. I knew everything about what was going to happen. And when you want to change your mind or you want to do something different, you can't do it yourself. Even Einstein says the level of thinking that created the problem can't solve the problem. Absolutely. And so part of it is to say, you know what? It may not even be help. Just let somebody know you're not okay. Yeah. And And actually let
0: somebody help you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's, the, uh, that's interesting. And I, I do want to go back um, to get a little bit more of your insight around that. But what I find is even just the act of telling somebody I'm not okay or or um, kind of things like that can start to open up the flow so that then you, you can kind of get in touch more with the reasons why you might be feeling that way and open it up for a solution a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I mean, the day... The day I, you know, I, that Christmas day, I'm, you know, I'm literally, I go back to the same room uh, in the, in the little guest house where we stayed and, Mm -hmm. you know, every night previously I've gone back and I've, you know, sat there and I've been depressed and and everything and I go back there and it's different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was one business card in my wallet that I'd taken to Vietnam and the guy's name on that card I had his book in my room oh wow <laughs> I didn't have any other books in the room mm-hmm. and when I'd like when I'd gone I wasn't really thinking about oh you yeah, know have books to read and stuff because I was so depressed I didn't want to pick up a book I didn't want to take pictures so I didn't have all these things with me but on that night where I needed to ask someone for help his was the number that the universe gave me mm-hmm and To be honest, it was a little bit of a shock that it was his number, because when I had actually met him the first time, I was like, I never want to speak to him ever again. (laughs) That's Uh, how it goes We have not really connected. Um, (laughs) And yet, on the day that I needed somebody to talk to, his was the only voice I remembered saying, I'll help. Wow. And I know now that I have opened up about my story and I have told people about the journey, that any one of my friends would have picked up the phone, mm-hmm. being there for me if I had spoken to them, but somehow I had built it
0: up that I would hurt them or disappoint right. them right. if I told them that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's a very common thing, and I mean, I can resonate with that even with different times that I've been going through struggle myself where I haven't wanted to even mention it to somebody as close to me as my husband because I'm like, well, I don't want him to be, you know, dragged down by this or he has his own things going on, so why would I bother him with this? So I totally get that a lot of people that um, have struggled with depression will resonate with that for sure. Yeah, was, was, now was there a particular thing, um, so there was your wake-up call, was there something else between that that made you really want to reach out, or was it just kind of after, after the wake-up call with the little girl?
1: So I had the wake-up call on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a, you know, a shock that I actually lost my voice a couple of mm-hmm. days later, mm-hmm. um, that kind of made me really sit down and look after myself. and give me some time to just think. Yes. Um, And then on New Year's Day, I happened to be in the nursery of the orphanage, and they put a baby girl in my arms. She was about Mm -hmm. four months old. And that was the next switch. Mm -hmm. Here was somebody who, she had a cold. All she wanted to do was be held. Mm -hmm. And I think my idea of unconditional love happened the moment they put her into my arms right and that was then the catalyst to I can't change this on my own I do Mm -hmm. not know what to do next yeah I know I don't want to follow the same path as I was planning but Mm -hmm. I don't know how to find a new path right and that's when I reached
0: out to the person wow 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 it's so powerful goosebumps <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, I feel like I could, I'm going to have to pick up your book because I'm, I'm very intrigued by this entire story. Um, okay, so now m- moving along, um, a question that I ask all of my guests, when is a time that you created happiness alchemy in your life? So transformed a challenge or a struggle into growth?
1: For me, that has to be kind of that um, piece around actually allowing myself to be me. yeah. And so I spent time volunteering the orphanage. That's where the, the healing journey recovered. And I then started to take acting classes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did some acting master classes around Europe. And then I went to LA. Um, and the second time I was in LA was Ox- Oscar season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was... I was coming out of my healing journey. I was in a really good place. And, you know, you're kind of faced with the fact that you're going to one of the Oscars after parties. And, you know, I wasn't really a girly girl in terms of growing up or, you know, putting on a long dress is still Mm -hmm. fairly alien to me. Right. (laughs) Um, But that day was literally I treated myself like the stars would. Mm -hmm. I had my nails done at 10 o'clock and then I had my hair blow dried and then I had coffee at Starbucks and then Mm -hmm. I went and my friend cooked me lunch and we sat by a pool talking about the world and preparing our top five people that we wanted to chat to at the Oscars if the if the opportunity presented it these would be the top five (laughs) and then I went back to my apartment and attempted to get into my spanks and (laughs) put my dress on and then kind of flowed into the party Mm -hmm. and that to me you know I'd gone from not I was completely introverted Mm -hmm. never wanting to be at a party like this and finding it really awkward like I would pick one person they would become my best friend for the night
0: hmm Yeah. And
1: literally, I would do anything for them as long as they didn't leave me. Um, and, you know, I would literally be at their elbow. I would only hear conversations that they were in. And, you know, any of my top five could walk past me and I wouldn't have even spoken to them.
0: No. <laughs> probably and, hidden.
1: <laughs> I would, I'm not even sure. You could probably have found me in the toilet. So that's yep. true. You know, just, you know, oh, I'm just doing my lipstick right. again. Um, and, I kind of took that challenge of I was going to be me, but the successful person who should Mm -hmm. be at the Oscars um, and that I was no different from anybody else in the room and just see how that felt for the evening. And Yeah. I didn't hang out with the same people all the time. I got myself into some Oscar celebrations. I do not know how, Um, (laughs) you know, I saw an Oscar statue. I held an Oscar statue. Um, I spoke to the top person on my list, which was Kate Winslet. Uh, Oh, wow. I had a conversation with her. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And not in a sort of fan, please could we take a selfie moment? It was an Mm -hmm. actual conversation. Um, And so, That for me was kind of a bit of a catalyst was, Mm -hmm. you know, I was okay Mm -hmm. and I could be whatever I set my mind to be, whether that was, you know, being on the red carpet or um, speaking in front of people and talking about my story and actually, you know, I was okay if I was in a room full of people, I wasn't going to have to stand on my own or hide. I could could turn it around and have a really enjoyable evening.
0: So, yeah, so really it's the prioritizing yourself and having, it kind of seems like first the possibility and then, like, embracing the opportunity to be enjoying life. So, really quickly, um, and this is something I've been noticing a little tiny bit with people, is that as they're starting to open up and allow themselves, um, just like you said, like with the acting classes and different things that, that sparked you, I've been noticing a lot of people have been moving from um, feeling really a lot like an introvert to feeling a lot more balanced. Like they still have and require their introvert time, but they're becoming much more extroverted as well, like becoming much more of a balance. Did you find that that happened for you? So
1: I actually had the uh, Myers-Briggs test done Mm -hmm. about a year before I left corporate Mm -hmm. and I was ISTJ. Mm-hmm. And in all four categories, I was 95 to 98% introvert on the extreme. Wow, Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably eight, two and a half years later, so I've probably been on the healing journey for a year or so. I actually did it online again mm-hmm. and it had moved to five to ten percent extroverted in yeah. all of the categories wow. because of the work I'd been doing and because mm-hmm. of the changes in who I was and how I saw the world. Exactly. And yeah. so I always kind of point out to people, you know, when they say, well, these things can't be changed, you are who you are. It's like, actually, mm-hmm. you are who you want to be. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know that I will never, ever be 95% extroverted. Right. Comfortable <laughs> with that. And I need time by myself to recharge, reset, but I thrive when I have a little bit of both.
0: Yes, and I find it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I did a similar thing, and I'm not sure what year I first took um, that, that, that online test, but it, I was INFJ, and then whenever I took it again, um, it was maybe a year ago, it was ENFJ, and the, the extrovert was just at like 56%, but it's just that balance of it. Um, yeah. that does, it makes it feel it easier to get out and to get my message out and to connect with people and have the balance in life. Exactly. And yeah. it's, I think, you know, we you get into the habit of labeling people or people yeah.
1: read that and think, I am yes. ISTJ, Jane it's like, no, it is an indicator yeah. of how yeah. you might react
0: in certain situations. Yes. Um, but you <laughs> always have the choice not to be. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I find, too, is sometimes when people um, will label themselves so much as an introvert, it will actually prevent them from doing things. And then you see all the funny memes online and stuff about, you know, staying in and hiding and all of these introverted things. And then sometimes people embody that um, so much that it does kind of create this isolation in place of um, the nurturing of introversion, I think.
1: Exactly. And, you know, my the journey that I went on, acting classes, you know, they
0: had me sing on stage. Mm, that's not something uh, that's easy for an introvert to do. They, <laughs> they had
1: me sing Let It Go from Frozen
0: on stage. <laughs> um,
1: and then I think a couple of months after that, I did a stand-up comedy routine for three minutes based on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, before I even started that process, when I left Corporate World, talking about myself, uh, mm. no thank you. Right, uh, Let's yeah. Let's talk about the person I think I want you to see or yep. be, not the sort of kind of bare roots of, well, actually, this is what's going on in my head, and <laughs> this is what I do, and this is what happens. Wow, well,
0: it's it's such a powerful shift. Okay, um, so I know that people are going to check, want to check you out more, so what are you working on right now, and where can listeners go to find you online? So I worked on a collaboration of, we call them coaching exercises, but
1: they're mm-hmm. actually transformational exercises so people who want to make a shift in their life Uh, the book is called activate your life it launched about a week ago Uh, is an international bestseller so very happy Um, but it splits it into topics like happy work success and just gives people some ways of finding a change in their own own life (laughs) Um, so mine was called prioritize happy it's what we've talked about previously Giving priority to things in your life that make you smile, not just the things you do for work. Right. Oh, Um, I love that. And then from that, it's kind of, you know, I'm coaching people and planning to work with corporations to really shift the conversation around mental health and burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody wants to admit to burnout, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very easy to get into that situation. But it's also very easy to help people not get there and
0: actually save them from burning out. Exactly, because yeah, I find that burnout can sometimes just be the catalyst for a deeper depression. So it's, um, it's important work that you're, it's really important work that you're doing. So yay, I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy to be helping um, helping to spread your message a little bit further. Thank you, Tracy. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to have all of the links as well uh, to your website and social media. Those will be in the show notes below. So for anybody listening, go and uh, you can check that out and click around. Um, So Sarah, is there anything else that you feel our listeners should know? So I have a phrase on my website and it's trust your
1: journey, but don't forget to breathe.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Visit happinessalchemy.com for your free shamanic journey and to learn about the Happiness Alchemy Sacred Library, have a magical day.